Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Happy Hour with Fictabulous. Today is another beautiful Friday. I have my sister, Vanessa, aka... (laughs) Okay, so we had like a couple... (laughs) She wanted to have her own nickname because my sisters who previously were on the previous episodes for seasons one and two for Stranger Things had their own nicknames because they both have YouTube channels. My sister is working on it. Or so she says. So she's trying to come up with a good catchphrase name. Take it away, Vanessa. Well, we're trying to figure out if it's going to be Loch Ness Monster mm-hmm. or my mayonnaise or may- <laughs> <laughs> mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Because if you didn't hear when I first introduced her, her name is Vanessa, so Loch Ness, Nessie. And then, I don't know where you got the other one from. I feel like that's just, well, because my Onessa in Spanish. Oh. Oh, you speak Spanish. Well, you need to get in touch with your roast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like if I do Loch Ness Monster, I feel like that's a little too much of a pull from Twilight. Then you can do Nessie from How I Met Your Mother. Well, because I never watched that. I know, but he was the guy in there, the boyfriend, I forgot his name, don't hurt me. If you're a fan, but he was a he was obsessed with Nessie, the Loch Ness monster. Like I think he always wanted to, like when his wife on the show, when him were getting married or getting ready to get married, he wanted to. That's where he wanted to go for their honeymoon is where she's been sighted. So, all right. Well, couldn't guess. <laughs> This episode is being fueled by White Claw, because my sister's a skinny bitch and is trying to watch her figure. Ain't no love when you're drinking claws. I just wanted to crack it into the mic, because well, I don't know if there's, like, people that get, like, turned on by, like, the oh. cracking of the, and you like, the little slurp action. Okay, well, you did the cracking, so would you like to do the slurping action? <laughs> With pleasure. <laughs> Sloppiest slurp ever. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. I don't know. But either. if I ever wanted to start my own podcast, I'd want to like reenact like Bee Love, the one that eats like all the shrimp and crabs. She like slurps it, and it looks. I don't know what it is, but like. But I, I okay. I watch. Not to get too sidetracked, but I do the same thing, or I have. The, I watch the same thing on YouTube. But it's not the shrimp eating, it's just eating. Like these YouTubers are eating. And it's like ASMR. Yeah, this one lady, she just, she eats a lot of like lobster and shrimp. She eats the best. She eats her best life. But I don't know what it is. Every time I see her like slurp on like a lobster tail, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, thank you. Okay, wait, you. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it PG, Vanessa, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let me try. You got to try the slurping. Let me try. You did it more classy. I was just like, <laughs> like 2 a.m. at a bar. Exactly. <laughs> when you shouldn't be, the you bartender should have cut you off. <laughs> you're slurping like you're on a first date. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you couldn't have already guessed, today's uh, review and discussion is for Stranger Things Season 3. We've done 1 and 2. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, I don't know what's wrong with you, but you need to watch it. I'm gonna get with this program. Get it together. 
So, we are going to start this, uh, the season, because they kind of started in different seasons. The first season I feel like started closer to uh, Halloween. Maybe the first two seasons did? Um, no, the second one because it was Halloween. Was it? Mm-hmm. Because they went trick-or-treating and that one's with... Oh, yeah, uh, the Ghostbusters. Yeah, the Ghostbusters. And then the third one was more around Christmas time, like wintery. Wait, you think it's season three? Yeah. No. When was the uh, Fourth of July? That, no, that's that's season you... three is Fourth of July. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's why I thought you like conveniently wanted to talk about this. I like how I like to pretend I'm not cool and not coordinated and have my shit together, but I'm not. Who's your manager? <laughs> I would like to say that it's very serendipitous. I don't know what that is. You haven't seen serendipity? Google it. Alright, get us the source. I'll go on Urban Dictionary when <laughs> yes, we're done. please, thank you. Alright, so... Vanessa, do you want to talk a little bit more about yourself? Well, I... <laughs> what, what, what's your content? Like, what are you trying to get started? What's your ideas you said you're mentioning to me when you were wanting to become a YouTuber? Were you just saying that to no. threaten my followers? <laughs> that she thinks no. that she, she came onto my show, onto my podcast, that she would... She was afraid that she would steal my followers. That's not... Okay, so what I was trying to say was, this is the first... So you had your podcast standing up for a few months now? Yeah, since uh, mid-late April. Okay, well, our sisters have been in this YouTube game for like five plus years. Not yeah. once have they asked us to be a guest speaker on their, on their show. Someone's salty. No, I mean, have you been asked? No. Then you have to be salty too. <laughs> but I'm no, just... I'm more salty that when we were both pregnant with our sons, they were like, oh, do you mind if we bring your sons on, our nephews, so we can use them and just pimp them out? Not pimp them out. <laughs> but, like, just kind of show off how adorable they are. And I was like, oh, duh. And did you get an invitation? No. I sure as hell didn't. So, I'm salty about that. Well, anyways, um, what I said was that the twins, or the twins probably did not ever want us to go on their shows be because we probably steal their fans. I feel like out of all the family, me and you are the most, like, funniest people. We have a lot of personality to us. You know, Brianna can just edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, will she? <laughs> no, but she'll find out. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be editing and, like, Kick, clicking the mouse aggressively and dragging things over while she's editing and just pressing buttons like well, see this is how it's gonna start you come on this guest speaker the fans are gonna react and say you need to make this person a host then you become a host more the fans are all crazy about you Brittany or Brianna is gonna get really jealous they're gonna be <laughs> like you know what we need a lawyer up and separate <laughs> <laughs> so the fans are gonna be pissed off and therefore, they're going to go over to my new channel that I'm going to stand up by all the endorsements. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a down You really file. had, like, a... Oh, you've been thinking about this a while. This white claw is just really strong. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to get restraining orders against us. An affidavit. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to end well. No, that's why they they thought about this ahead of time. But That's what would you what would you do? What is your idea? 
What? Of your own content. How are you going to steal their fans, Missy? It's not that I'd steal their fans. They'd just be... Attracted to you? Yeah. They like, would just they follow... Proclaim, they proclaim their loyalty. Well, I think I, you... Not, it's not me, like, asking for, like, a GoFundMe, like, a No. Fan. Okay. Yeah. But, this yeah. This is, like, on their own free will. Well, then you better keep splurfing. <laughs> <laughs> I think after the first slurp, I don't think they're gonna come they're after me. They're like, you know what? They're like, damn, this girl is really messy. <laughs> Newsflash. That's who I am in real life. life yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, again, for the fifth time, what would your content be? Oh my god, um, I'd probably do, like, a ratchet Rachel Ray, where I'd, like, cook on YouTube. So you'd be a baker, or just cooking? Not 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 classified as baking, but like cooking recipes. Yeah, but I'd probably like do it messed up. What do you mean, like messed up? Kind of like a mix between Rachel Ray and Nailed It. Yeah. Yeah. But like I'd be like doing what we're doing now, drinking. Oh, you'd just be drinking out the bottle of wine. It'd be like <laughs> I'm cooking with this bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> It's good for the little bit of splash into your, you know, uh, vettuccine alfredo, and also to guzzle. Yeah, but either that or I'd probably do like the AMFR thing. Oh, where are you? But I don't think my voice is meant for it. Shut like up. I feel like you'd have to like I'd have to sound like a 900 number. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I have the voice for that. I think I come off very like. You can always practice. I just accept my voice for what it is. Okay, well maybe they find that voice sexy. Or asmr I guess we'll have to find that. <laughs> <laughs> See, did you like that? Don't oh my say god. That. Mom. No, we're not going to start. Okay. I don't think she listened to our podcast. But still, or my podcast. But we're not I'll, I'll teach her how to do it. No. Alright, so she would do cooking, which I think you'd be really, really good at, and hilarious, because not only would you probably mess up, but... You'd be, like, see firsthand, like, how my kitchen would burn down. Right? Like, Wade wouldn't let you use your kitchen. He'd be like, no, go use, like, rent out a kitchen. (laughs) Alright. Alright. I am actually a really good cook. Yes, you are. And she does really good healthy alternatives you're always always posting on instagram that you you know you're like 100 under certain amount of calories like ice cream and double fudge sundaes <laughs> but they're all healthy you guys that's the important part i'm not about to give my my uh secret recipes no not my secret recipes actually that but like what i told you about my business if i ever started one yeah the name i'm not gonna Oh. Well, actually, can I do that and then, like, say, like, trademark? You can you can get it, like, copyrighted or patented so, like, nobody else can steal it. So if I say... Not right now. Bi- yeah. yeah, but you have to get it done now because bitches move quickly. I mean, certain countries, they're ahead by day, so... Oh, cool. The name of the business will be withheld. If it goes forward. Okay. If I see any new businesses up with withheld, I'm coming for you. No, that's not the name of the business. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was. You said no. it so serious that I thought it was. No, I said I was going to withheld the name of my prospective business. Withhold. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said, 
That's why I thought you were like, that's the name, it's withheld. No, I already told you what it was. Okay. Moving on. Thank you for sharing, but not sharing. <laughs> Alright, so let's get started. So it's 1985 in Hawkins, Indiana, and the summer is heating up. <laughs> School's out, and there's a brand new mall in town, and the Hawkins crew are on the cusp of adulthood. Puberty. Puberty. Romance blossoms and complicates the group's dynamic, and they'll have to figure out how to grow up without growing apart. Meanwhile, danger looms when the town's threatened by enemies old and new. Eleven and her friends are remind, reminded that evil never ends. It evolves. Now they'll have to band together to survive and remember that friendship is always stronger than ever. 1984, the Soviet Union unsuccessfully attempts to create a gate to the Upside Down. The Soviet general, Stepanov, gives one of the scientists a year to complete the objective. One year later, in Hawkins, Mike and Eleven are in an intimate relationship, something which Hopper, who is her adoptive dad now, I was gonna say surrogate, but same thing. Surrogate? Yeah, he's a surrogate father. Okay, we'll go with that. I'm just being fancy. You are. <laughs> so Hopper is struggling to accept this next level of the relationship. He's having a teenage daughter and being. Well, and then dealing with the teenage boyfriend. Anyways, the new Starcourt Mall has become the focal point of the town and the party. Will begins to sense that something is wrong with a, after a power outage, but wants to believe that it's nothing. Because remember in season two, he's still reeling from season one when he was trapped in the Upside Down. And then in season two, he was possessed by the... Um, Mind Flayer, there you go. Demogorgon was the first season. Mm. So, Nancy and Jonathan have taken up jobs at the Hawkins Post. Nancy is attempting to make a good impression, but is unfortunately weighed down by her sexist superiors because let's let's not forget it's the eighties, so Nancy Drew. <laughs> Um, so Dustin returns home. He was at summer camp where he claims to have met his new girlfriend named Susie. Susie. Billy has become a lifeguard at the Hawkins Community School where he is admired by a group of middle-aged women with Karen Wheeler among them. So again, if you forgot, last season they had a brief encounter with each other when uh, Billy was looking for Mad Max, his uh, younger stepsister, and... He started at Mike's house, and that's how they met for the very first time and laid eyes upon each other. He's just so dang He is. Can I say that? He, is he, he's a lovely thing. <laughs> just yes. saying, I don't want to come off as like yes. a creeper. He's just like that Australian, like... <gasps> yes, he is. You, you're this allowed. I, I, yes. <sighs> if not, remember, it can... That's why Todd's missing hat. <laughs> <laughs> or the sweater that you're wearing. The Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, Hopper begins to turn to Joyce for advice for confronting Mike and Eleven about the relationship because he keeps trying to set boundaries. They're teenagers, so what do they do? They push those boundaries. Hopper is not equipped or prepared to deal with a teenage daughter. 
you know, if you remember season one, we found out that he had a daughter, but she died at a very young age. So he's kind of, you know, missed those kind, you know, those years of having to experience the hormones, the teenage daughter. He kind of just got 11 when she was like right at her preteens. And now she's in her teens, mm -hmm. as is all the group, like the entire, all the kids in the group. So just raging hormones all over the place. And not to mention, with her telekinetic powers and everything, I'm sure that heightens her hormones even more. What? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. she gets so, like, angry, so... Like, he, like, zaps the door shut. Like, yeah. Like, you know how he screams at her, he's like, oh, three inches! She's like, oh! Yeah. Well, you saw in season two when they were living together in secret and nobody thought she was alive and they she wanted to go out and, you know, she was getting cabin fever and he kept denying her and then lying, making broken promises and then she got mad and slammed the door, but not slammed the door with her hand. She used her powers. I mean, she did use her hand, but she didn't touch the door. Anyways. Steve has uh, began working at an ice cream parlor called Scoops Ahoy. It's like my favorite name. It's like my favorite job out of all of them. So he's working at this par ice cream parlor shop, Scoops Ahoy. They have these adorable pirate like sailor outfits. And the um, his co-worker Robin Buckley, she is actually the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. That's right, yeah. FYI. Uh I was trying to figure out who she whose looked, daughter she, she was. She looked very familiar, and then once you found out whose whose daughter she was, then you're like, you saw the resemblance. It all makes sense. The genes are strong in that one. Yeah. As Joyce is preparing a speech for Hopper, he asks her to dinner. Joyce claims that she has plans, leaving Hopper disappointed. So. She's such a damn tease. Well, she's still reeling from Bob. She needs to get over Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob is. Oh wait, he was season two, but he. He was. You nowhere. can't. And you know who he was, right? Sam was. <laughs> you can't ask me that. Yes, I can. I did that on purpose. I set it up so you say it in that voice. If you didn't notice, my sister's a really huge Lord of the Rings fan. So. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like that. Anyways, Dustin leads the party to Hawkins' tallest point, where they plan to build his new powerful radio, which they plan on using to contact Susie. Because, you know, a telephone won't work. The amount of dedication that Dustin has to phone his girlfriend from camp. I mean, he's pulling an E.T., putting all these things together. To contact his girlfriend. But if you're still waiting for a text back from your significant other, like, ditch it. Because what would Dustin do? He'd go up to the top, top of the hill. the tallest peak. Throw some coat hangers together to make a signal. Or he'd go to, or he'd, like Frodo, he'd go to Mordor to throw the ring. You know what, let's not get into that. <laughs> yes, I do know, because you could go on and on and on. Well, and then this Frodo was being a little lazy. Oh, uh, right. Let's not go there. Yes, I don't need haters on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, you don't say that. <laughs> Mike and Eleven claim to have a curfew, which prohibits them from joining the rest of the group. Um, and then it cuts to a bunch of rats are shown to be gathering at an abandoned steelworks, where they all begin to explode into pieces. 
Billy asks Karen out on a date at a motel, which Karen agrees to. So they've kind of been having this flirtatious, non-physical kind of like affair. Would well, you call it an affair? Not yet. Uh, I, I mean, because the emotions were were involved. Well, yeah. It, it comes down to technicalities that there was actually an I affair. mean, it's up to you, whatever you think. It, it's, it's, you know, no judgment, whatever. It's whatever your preference is, whatever you guys feel this scene was or their relationship, even though it never got physical. But there were definitely some feelings there that were being felt. Well, yeah, because what was Mr. Expressed. Wheeler doing? He was just, like, sleeping. Watching TV on the recliner. That's it. And I, can I just say, she looks better. She looks a lot younger and very youthful and just sexy as a blonde. Because she compared got to, to first season one. one, where she kind of just had, like, highlights, like, lowlights. She's mostly a brunette. Well, I see, like, after meeting Billy, like, it just made her feel young or whatever. So, so she, like, she matched that, it. yeah. So, but I, it suits her. It's not, like... Because there's those women who are older who, you know, no disrespect, but you, they want to feel younger. They want to look younger. And I'm all for that. You know, especially if you you look younger, whatever. But don't overdo it, you know. She did it, I think, in a very she natural did it in a way. modest way. She did it in a very modest way. Yeah. She didn't try coloring your hair different colors. <laughs> didn't go like overboard me? with the eyeshadow. I feel like that's always like a first indicator when She you kept it sophisticated. Yeah. It was sexy but sophisticated and she she played it off good. She didn't look like desperate like the so when that opening scene when he's walking down to the to, pool or yeah. to his like post. Yeah. Like the other girls are like all getting all hot and bothered or whatever. All she did was like shift her leg up or whatever and he's like Nice suit, Mrs. Wheeler. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> your, your head gesture. Well, I mean. But like, it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah, and she, she played it off cool. The other girls were, like, freaking hot and bothered. I'm like, oh, okay, go take They were trying too hard. They're on menopause, so it's, like, a lot, <laughs> a lot of heat is going on. <laughs> In addition to the summer heat. Yeah. All right. So... <laughs> So, Karen agrees to meet up with him. Uh, Susie doesn't respond to Dustin when he tries to contact her, which leads Lucas and Max to believe that Susie doesn't exist. They decide to wait for her to respond anyways. They're such good friends, but they're totally giving them shit. Uh, Joyce begins to have flashbacks of Bob upon returning from work and watching TV on her own. Um, the magnets on her fridge mysteriously fall off simultaneously without her knowledge. While cleaning up, Nancy receives a call from an elderly woman named Doris Driscoll concern, uh, concerning a story about infected rats. A hopper confronts Mike and Eleven while they share an intimate moment, but rather than follow Joyce's advice, he decides to do things his way by getting Mike alone and threatening him while taking him home. After what seemed to be a few hours of Dustin attempting to contact Susie, Lucas and Max decide to leave him. Will then follows them not long after, leaving Dustin feeling alone and dismissed. He doesn't feel this way for long as he receives a Russian transmission. Karen is about to leave for her date before she has a change of heart. Okay, so it's not just a change of heart. She sees her husband 
having an, a cute, you know, bonding moment with her daughter, her youngest daughter, who's I think about like six or seven. I forgot they had a younger daughter. Yeah, because you get so caught up with Mike and Nancy. So yeah, she um. She just, you know, she she's she loves her husband. She loves her family, but she just wants some attention. Yeah, and I think that's what I I think that was like her realization. It does she really want the pros and cons? Yeah, this momentary of you know. I think she was just getting off by just like getting the compliments, which clearly she wasn't getting enough from hubby. Yeah, but she saw you know what a loving father he was. He may not be a good or great husband to her. But he was a good father. Yeah, so. she. I feel like she was just, like, missing, like, some excitement. Yeah. And I feel like she did get a bit of that excitement because it gave her a sense of, like, something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Going to the pool and then this, but then, like, okay, now now it's getting real. It's not just kind of like a fantasy. Yeah, that's where people take it a little too far, where, like, the fantasy, they try too hard to be, make it a reality. Yeah. But for me. <laughs> With Billy... <laughs> Oh, Billy. Alright. Was that an ASMR moment? No. Oh, Billy. No, that was not an (laughs) ASMR moment. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Alright, so Karen is having second thoughts. Um, She changes her mind. Billy is already on his way before a creature seemingly attacks his car as he is driving past Brimborn steel workers leading him to the cr- um, leading him to crash. He is then dragged into the steelworks down a flight of stairs by vines. Uh, Billy is released from the street steel workers or steel works and immediately finds the nearest telephone booth and dials 911 before experiencing a vision in the upside down in which a group of clones of himself cryptically order him to build an army. So he's basically been taken hostage. He, the the mind flayer is. <laughs> the mind flayer is using him. So he's not necessarily infected like Will was, but he's being kind of manipulated and mind controlled, so to speak. That mind flayer is right. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's make sure he's 18. At least. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I don't want to come off as like a star. Okay. Well, we found out that Dakri M- Montgomery is. 25. Two years younger than you, so 25. He was born in 94. And you were 92. Fair game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, they found the perfect... Yeah. They found the pa- yeah, they found the perfect guy, like, the person to, to manipulate and sort of make evil, because he was already kind of, you know... Oh, gosh. Okay, moving on. Early the next day, <laughs> Eleven calls Mike to find out why she has he hasn't shown up yet. Mike lies to her by claiming that his Nana is extremely sick and that he can't see her for the entire day. Elle can tell that he's lying, which makes her confused. Um, Hopper is extremely happy. Seeing that his plan worked, proceeds to visit Joyce at work once again to gleefully tell her this and to take another crack at asking her out, which succeeds this time. Uh, Nancy gets out of work and brings Jonathan along on her secret diseased rat's case. Dustin reunites with Steve and is introduced to Robin. Dustin asks Steve for help in translating the Russian transmission. Uh, Eleven uh, pays Max a visit to talk about Mike, 
Upon hearing her story, Max tells her to ignore his calls and threaten to dump him if he doesn't explain himself. Meanwhile, Mike turns to Luke for help. As Lucas is reassuring Mike, Max takes Eleven out to have some fun. At the pool, Karen attempts to apologize to a visibly disoriented Billy. He verbally dismisses her after imagining attacking her physically as he walks away from her. So there is a part of his human form that was resisting making that fantasy of killing her a reality. I feel like. I feel like because he told her he's like, just leave or get away or whatever. That's why he's so quick to dismiss her. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> and it also, like, he is fighting this mind control and these visions from becoming a reality because he, he, he murdered that other lifeguard. The female. Because he was, oh, he yeah, started yeah. like, he was like, you know, in pain and she was checking on him and then he attacked her and then that's when Karen came in and was trying to apologize to him and he's like, you know, he started fantasizing about killing her or having these visions. Isn't this girl uh, become like his it like one of his like because he's building an army. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. He verbally dismisses her. Uh, back at Scoops Ahoy, Steve and Dustin are struggling to translate the transmission. Robin walks in on them and desperately offers to help out out of boredom. Nancy and Jonathan arrive at Mrs. Driscoll's house to inspect and ask questions about the diseased rats that have been devouring her fertilizer. She suspects that they have rabies. Um, protests are shown to be taking place at City Hall while Hopper takes a meeting with Mar Mayor Larry Klein. Now, you guys, not to nerd out, but did you guys recognize who Mayor Larry Klein is? Did you? I did not. No? No. Okay. It is actor Carrie Ells. Elwes, but you don't need to know his name with the actor's name. He plays Wesley in The Princess Bride. So, it was nice seeing him, but it kind of sucks because he kind of plays a bad guy in this. Well, um, that makes him versatile as an actor. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, you're like, Wesley, and then you're like, wait, you're you're bad. Get away from no, me. Bad Wesley. <laughs> bad Wesley. Bad Wesley. That was an AMSR moment. No, it wasn't. I just slapped him. That was like BDSM moment. All right, so. Hopper takes a meeting with Mayor Larry Klein, a.k.a. Wesley, who orders him to get rid of them. Max and Elle go shopping at the mall, and at the same time, Mike, Lucas, and Will are also shopping for a present for Elle. So let me just point out to poor Will, he's not getting any attention because four of his friends are both paired off together as, or, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. And Dustin supposedly has a girlfriend and Will just wants things to go back to normal. He's had one hell of a, you know, first and two seasons. I think this is the first season, this third season is like the first time that he's able to feel some kind of normalcy and he just wants things to go back to normal to where it's just him and the boys and they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in Mike's basement and you know all of that. He's just missing that and he's not ready for all of this change. He hasn't been hit with the raging hormones yet. No, can you blame him? He's been taken over twice. He's, mm. yeah, he's been held hostage and then he's having slugs, you know, come regurgitating. Yeah. 
Yeah. He deserves to have this time. And his and his even his brother has a girlfriend and is busy. So he's like all by himself. What else will never forget that? How was the pull out? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my goodness. Alright. So Joyce becomes increasingly suspicious of the constantly falling magnets and decides to go ask Scott Clark about it. If you don't remember who Scott Clark is, that is um the boy's teacher. He's the in charge of the AV club. Mm. And he's the one that kind of like clued him in about the upside down and how to do the pool for um, L to transfer, you know, to transport. He's just, he's like Bill Nye. <laughs> but like, you can call him and he'll tell you what to do. He's more accessible. I wonder what Winona Ryder had to do to like be stressed out, like, literally every scene. She's like, oh, magnets! Oh! <laughs> I'm like, oh, this poor woman. She's just not taking any chances anymore. Alright. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, like, flinched, like, about the magnets. Probably not, and that's how you probably would have been the first one to go. <laughs> Natural selection. You would have become... I didn't mean to have, like... You would have become... That. You would become... Possessive Billy's possessive mom. No, how about possessive Billy's possessive girlfriend? I thought the lifeguard girl was his girlfriend. Well, she can get. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so she goes to visit Scott Clark about it. Nancy finds another lead for the case as Jonathan takes photos of the rat Mrs. Driscoll caught and begins to believe that there is something seriously wrong with it. Billy's state reaches its worst as he tries to avoid the sun by taking a cold shower. Heather Holloway, one of his co-workers, asks if everything's okay. Okay, so he hasn't tried, he hasn't killed her yet. So this is after his encounter with Karen. Okay, but the Heather girl is the one that... She's the other, she's the, the lifeguard that he... Well, let's just keep reading. Alright, so she asks him if, if everything's okay, which reads to Billy as, take me to him. Okay, that's right. He's having these visions, and when she's saying, are you okay... He, his visions are that's being misinterpreted in his mind as she's submitting herself to becoming possessive or whatever. Same. <laughs> I need to stop. You know, I, I did it to myself. I chose the damn word submissive. So, <laughs> so this leads him to attack and kidnap her. L and Max are on a shopping spree while the boys struggle to find a suitable gift. They eventually bump into each other and. Eleven decides to confront him for lying and dumps him. Hopper arrives at his dinner with Joyce only to discover that she has yet to show. Scott gives a theoretical reason for why Joyce's magnets have stopped working, which involves an extremely expensive and high-powered machine that could be running nearby. Robin finishes the translation. The week is long. The silver car feeds when blue meets yellow in the west. So they also discover that the transmission was made there in the mall. Hopper drunkenly leaves the restaurant after Joyce doesn't show. Stood him up, but not on purpose. Billy brings a gagged Heather to the steelworks where she is confronted by a fleshy creature. At Hopper's cabin, Eleven uses his power, her powers to eavesdrop on the boys. Hopper drunkenly enters her room, thinking that Mike is present, only to find that it's Max. Relieved, he allows her to stay the night. 
Um, L proceeds to spy on Billy next, coincidentally, at the same time that he's delivering Heather to the creature. What L witnesses disur disturbs her on an extreme level. Um, the next day, Will is in a festive mood as he declares a day without girls at the Weir house. A day that entails a game of Gins and Dragons. So he is fucking excited. Because he's like, the boys are back in town. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I, know. I have to commend, um... I'm drawing a blank. Who's the Mona writers? Joyce. Joyce, yes. Okay, I've, I've uh, used excuses to get out of dates a lot, but not once have I ever used, like, the magnet! That's <laughs> <laughs> a way to get out of a date. Well, maybe you should. Try that on your husband. Well, I'm married now, so I can't. Exactly. You can't. You can get out of anything. You married. Where is he going to go? I feel like not tonight, honey. <laughs> the magnet. <laughs> Or you could be like, I don't know, have you seen New Girl? No. Well, there's this episode where she's like stuck in this position where, with this guy, not in a position, but she's like at the bar, she's stuck in this conversation with a guy, and then Schmidt comes along, and he's like, Ma, call the bees are back! She's like, Ma, call the bees are back! And she runs away! <laughs> it's the funniest episode ever. If you haven't seen the show, go see it. If not, YouTube, Google that episode or scene. It's hilarious. Like, exactly but he panicked and he didn't know how to get her out and he felt so guilty because he's the one that set her up that was the red in 50 shades of gray like her safe word sure <laughs> <laughs> i tried not to laugh when you were saying oh um billy has a gag tether i'm like you just keep, yeah you're so jealous you're setting you're setting yourself up for these okay Okay, I am, actually. Alright, so Joyce pays the disgruntled Hopper a visit in order to fill him in with her suspicions about the magnets and how they could be connected to the lab, though he dismisses her instantly, because he's bitter as fuck. Despite this, Joyce forces him to investigate the lab with her. Elle and Max investigate Billy's room, where they find a bloody lifeguard's whistle. Robin is continuing the translation, while Steve and Dustin comb the mall for Russian spies. Back at the Wheeler house, Mike and Lucas are showing little to no interest in Will's campaign, which leads him to giving up and storming out of the house. Mike tries to make amends, but Will dismisses him and bikes out in the rain. I like that. He bikes out. <laughs> L and Max go to the pool to return the whistle and kit that they found. Uh, they discover that the owner, Heather, is not present. Elle finds a photo of her and uses it to find her in the void, where she is found in a tube of ice, tube, <laughs> in a tub of ice, begging for help. Meanwhile, Hopper and Joyce arrive at Hawkins National Laboratory, which triggers a flashback of Bob's death in Joyce's mind. Dustin spots what he believes to be an evil Russian, who turns out to simply be a jazzercise instructor. That was funny. Robin finally figures out the message. Nancy's story is ridiculed by her boss, Tom Holloway, and their colleagues, including Bruce Lowe. Who these men are, I do not know. The rejection by her boss and his colleagues fuels, you know, makes her even more determined. She convinces Jonathan to come with her back to Mrs. Driscoll's house to find more evidence to present to Tom. Uh, jo 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> Joyce and Hopper find nothing, leading Joyce to believe that she is going crazy. Hopper reassures her by feeling the exact same way. <laughs> he's so... He's happy. Like, those little Japs. Well, it's just like men, like when you're like, oh, am I going crazy? They're there to just be like, no, no, you're fine. No. Hopper is just... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also reveals that he is aware of Joyce's plan to leave Hawkins and attempts to softly reason her against it. However, they are interrupted by a noise made not too far from their position in the lab. Mike and Lucas follow Will back to his house to apologize, but he isn't there. He is sitting in Castle Byers where he emotionally reminisces of old times, which leads to him destroying the fort in tears in English. Nancy and Jonathan arrive at Mrs. Driscoll's house only to find her eating fertilizer while making monstrous noises. Steve, Robin, and Dustin witness a transgression between what they assume are Russians, which involves the moving of boxes into a secret room, guarded by armed men. They accidentally create a loud sound, which alerts the Russians to an individual's presence. The three of them make it out of there before being found. At the lab, Hopper is searching for the source of the noise, which introduces itself by surprise attacking him and beating him to the ground before making it away on a motorbike. Joyce witnessed him fleeing, finding Hopper unconscious. Elle and Max arrive at Heather's house, only to find her and her family, her parents, Tom and Janet, having dinner with none other than Billy. Heather appears to be well, though she and Billy were acting a little strangely, and the girls make their way out. Right as they're leaving, Billy recognizes Elle as being the girl that shut the gate the year previously through the Mind Flayer's memories. Right at that moment, Will begins to sense the Mind Flayer's presence again, which leads him to finally informing Mike and Lucas, when they found him, that he has returned. At Heather's house, Janet passes out. While Tom is distracted, Heather hits him across the head with a wine bottle and drugs him. Sounds like a lot of work. While Max seems convinced that everything is fine, Elle still feels uneasy, and at the same time, Mrs. Driscoll is taken to the hospital while screaming, I have to go back, repeatedly. Tom and Janet wake up in Brimborn Steelworks, where they become under the control of the Mind Flare. Hopper wakes up the next morning in his cabin, where Joyce brought him. They try to identify who the attacker was, and Joyce notes that he didn't have a car. Mike, Lucas, and Will try to gather the whole party together, though they were unsuccessful in contacting Dustin, whom is currently deciding with Steve and Robin how they are going to get into the secret room in the mall. While trying to come up with suggestions, Robin leaves with an idea, telling the other two to stay put. Tom Holloway fires Nancy and Jonathan for the mess that they have created. Elle and Max reunite with the boys as Will is explaining his suspicions and theories about the Mind Flare. Based on last year's events, he believes that it's most like has most likely chosen a new host. Arriving at City Hall, Hopper questions Mayor Klein about his attacker as he now recalls seeing someone resemble his figure the last time he was outside the mayor's office, and which Klein claims not to remember him. This leads to verbal threats on both sides before it turns to violence on Hopper's side. Um, Klein, Klein, <laughs> I can't talk. Klein eventually reveals that the man works for Starcourt Mall as he and has bribing him for properties throughout East Hawkins. Hopper demands to see records of this. Jonathan 
is starting to show anger towards Nancy for getting them fired on the way home. The argument is concluded with the fact that they no longer understand each other. Called it. <laughs> Robin presents her idea to use air ducts, something they soon discover none of them can fit into. The party draw their attention to Billy and his odd behavior, which Max is still in denial about. Regardless, they form a plan involving a sauna that will prove whether or not he is a host. At back at Scoops Ahoy, Erica Sinclair... She is so sassy. I love she's her. She's sassy. And if you guys don't remember who she is, she is Lucas's adorable but sassy younger sister. And she is elected to enter the air ducts, which, after a fair bit of persuasion and bribing, she agrees to. Um, Hopper and Joyce arrive at Mayor Klein's mansion, with the mayor himself leading the way. He leads them to a safe in his bedroom, which provides a variety of ad addresses to bought properties. Joyce is predicting that the machine Scott Clark was talking about could be located at one of these properties. Nancy has a heartfelt conversation with her mother about her situation. Karen tells her that they should finish her story, that she should finish her story and prove that she's right. While the party prepares for their plan, Mike attempts to apologize to Elle, but to no avail. The same happens between Lucas and Will. Uh, Klein's wife comes home to find her husband handcuffed to his bed screaming for a phone at the mall robin plans plan works perfectly as erica was able to climb her way through to the room allowing the other three inside back to the pool mike lures billy to the sauna where eleven locks him in will turns up the heat and they wait nancy arrives at the hospital to see mrs driscoll in order to look through her records Back at the mall, Steve begins to open up the boxes, which they find are filled with crates of green radioactive material, and the walls begin to shake. And before they can leave, they discover that they are in an elevator, which begins to go down at a rapid speed. Mrs. Driscoll's heart rate is beginning to increase as Nancy continues to write notes. Uh, back at the pool, Billy breaks down and sobs, claiming to Max that he made him do it, claiming that he tried to stop him. Will senses the Mind Flayer's presence and tells Mike this, who tells Max to get away from the door. She does this just in time before Billy um, smashes through the window and attempts to assault her. Lucas shoots him in the head with his slingshot. <laughs> Good old Lucas and that damn slingshot. Alright, this sends Billy backwards before he starts convulsing as the lights flicker. The lights in Mrs. Driscoll's hospital room also begin to flicker as she... To Nancy's horror becomes covered in black veins. She begins to scream at the same time Billy does as he breaks down the door. Eleven uses her powers to restrain him which works for a short period of time before he breaks through and grabs her by the neck. She is saved by Mike who attacks him with the nearby weight equipment and Billy goes for Mike instead before being levitated in the air by Eleven and thrown through a brick wall. Mike confronts a now weakened L as Billy retreats in agony. Heather tends to Billy at the steelworks, and it is revealed that they have infected at least 20 of Hawkins' residents. They got their army. Mm -hmm. Can you sound a little bit more engaged? <laughs> Are you just fantasizing about Billy? Well, let's talk about this. Okay, fine. Alright, so Steve, Dustin, Robin, and Erica have found no way to escape the elevator shaft. Hopper and Joyce come across a farm as one of the listed locations where they find two Russians in an underground room. 
They attempt to question them before Russian, a Russian agent, Grigory, arrives. Him and Hopper have a showdown, which ends with him and Joyce escaping with one of the Russians in captivity. <gasps> you remember? Yes. Wait, is it Alexi or Alexi? I don't Alexi. know. Alexi. It's Alexi. Um, never. But yeah. his name is Alexi. It's Black Widow. Is it Black Widow? Yes. I was looking for red something, so it's just the fact that it said black widow. Look it, it says here. It's not. Alexi. Oh. <laughs> red Guardian. Red Guardian. Okay. That's I, I thought the name of the movie is Red Guardian. Well, not yet, okay? It's just focused on Black Widow now, so. Well, I was just paying more attention to the colors. I, clearly. <laughs> but it's just like the irony behind it that his name is Alexi. Yeah. And then this guy. And the, he's a Russian. He is, yeah. Yeah, he has had a lot to practice. All right. Is it still, has it already been released or is it still projected to release this year? Uh, or did COVID just mess this up for us too? It's supposedly said to release in the fall, I think. That's what I'm under the impression. Yeah, it was supposed to have already been released already, I think. And then it got pushed back along with everything else. All right. That's a lot. <laughs> All right, so they escape with the a Russian, one of the Russians, whose name is Alexei. Um, Nancy tells Jonathan from the hospital earlier next mo the next morning, demanding to know where Will is, and she claims that he may be in danger. Outside the cabin, Hopper is trying to get his broken down truck working again as Joyce tries to question the Russian, who is a scientist by the name of Alexei. But I like that other name too that you thought it was. Alexi. Alexi. It's, it's a girl's name. It's a trending like Pinterest name. Oh. Well then. Hopper's efforts end in the engine exploding, leaving the three of them no choice but to walk aim aimlessly through the woods. Their objective is to go to Illinois, where an acquaintance of Hopper lives who can speak Russian. Say that state again. Their objective? No, where they're going. What's the state? Illinois. Oh my gosh. Illinois. Illinois. No, <laughs> drop the S. I don't want to. It's Illinois. Because it's noisy. <laughs> okay, it's Illinois. You don't even drink that much of your white cloth. <laughs> and then here you are acting like a fool. Do you want me to replay the beginning of the podcast before we even got into Stranger Things and you were already claiming that the drink was too strong. <laughs> I like to not take uh, responsibility for what I say. I like to blame it on the Well, you thing. need to make sure that you ain't being recorded, sister. Well, I feel like Brianna can just edit this part out. Brianna, don't edit this part out. <laughs> Who pays you, Brianna? Who's gonna steal your fan base? <laughs> oh, she wishes. She's gonna edit that part out for sure. Probably. Alright. So, their objective is to go to Illinois, where an acquaintance of Hopper lives who can speak Russian. Do you know who that is? Do you remember who the guy is? Uh, the guy with the... the how was the pullout? That guy. <laughs> yes. The pullout guy. The pullout. The how yeah. was the pullout guy. Alright, Eleven hears some of this while spying on him in the void, and relays it to the rest of the party, who have regrouped at the Wheeler house. 
They are completely unsure of what their next move should be. They are soon joined by Nancy and Jonathan, who are looking for Will. And beneath Starcourt Mall, Dustin tries to contact the ground level through his walkie-talkie, but to no avail. Finally, the elevator doors are opened by a pair of Russian soldiers who are there to collect the crates. The kids make their way out as the doors are closing, and they then begin to set out through a long tunnel passageway. Back at the Wheeler house, Nancy begins to connect her story with what the party has discovered. This leads them to believing that Mrs. Driscoll, Tom, and Heather Holloway are all flayed. <laughs> Sounds funny. Along with Billy. They proceed to investigate the Holloway house. Gregory finds Hopper's truck where he finds footprints. Hopper, Joyce, and Alexi find a gas station where they hijack someone's car while walking through the tunnel. That's when they fight over the floor seats. They do. <laughs> But, I mean, in his defense, I'd rather get cherry over strawberry. Oh, and then isn't isn't Hopper still wearing that Hawaiian shirt, yeah. that, like, hula, like, shirt, because he wore it to the date that he was supposed yeah. to have with Joyce? Wasn't he doing, like, some kind of, like, Miami Vice type of thing? Yeah. He was wearing, like, a white suit with it's the... typical cop thing, too. Yeah. To show up on a date with a Hawaiian shirt. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gentlemen, don't do that. No, don't. Okay, so they are they hijack someone's car, and then while walking through the tunnel, Robin begins to question why the Russians have so much interest in Hawkins of all places. Steve and Dustin have their own suspicions that they chose that they choose to not share with the other two. Uh, the Holloway house is found to be extremely cold and vacant. They also find many chemicals. They concur that the flaying is happening at a specific location. Will brings up the idea of having Mrs. Driscoll lead them there from the hospital. Gregory interrogates the gas station clerk as Hopper, Joyce, and Alexi arrive at the residence of Murray Bowman. That's who his name is. The pullout guy. guy. The pullout guy. Steve, Dustin, and Robin and Erica stumble upon a room full of soldiers. They manage to make it out to the common, um, the comms room where Steve manages to take out one soldier, which is like a good moment for him because Dustin's cheering him on because he actually like won a fight. Yeah. He's had such bad luck with... He did everybody like so... They did Steve like so wrong. They did him dirty in each and every single season. Yeah. Like, come on. Let him have like... You should have had at least like This was his moment, but then... Yeah, three seasons later. And then even then... As he we're even about had to find the bat out. With him. Like, come on. Yeah. Alright, so he takes out one soldier. They grab his key card, but before they leave, they decide to inspect an odd looking room nearby. They discover that the Russians are trying to create a gate to the upside down. The party arrives at the hospital, but only Nancy and Jonathan are allowed to visit her. While they wait, Lucas encourages Mike to try to repair his relationship with Eleven. Nancy and Jonathan make amends for their fight on their way up. And they, and they find that Mrs. Driscoll is not there. They instead find Tom Holloway and Bruce Lowe, who has also been flayed. They proceed to attack them. Meanwhile, Mike compliments Elle's dress as he offers her M&Ms. Nancy and Jonathan are racing through the hospital, uh, trying to escape the flayed boss. Her, her flayed boss. They eventually get separated with Bruce going after Nancy and Tom chasing Jonathan. After a series of beatdowns and chases, both Tom and Bruce are defeated. Their two corpses proceed to melt into fleshy goo. 
and the two piles move by themselves before they reach each other and collude, becoming one big fleshy monster. Steve, Dustin, Robin, and Erica are found by the Russians. Steve and Robin give the other two time to hide before they're captured. And back at the hospital, Will senses the Mind Flayer's presence as the lights begin to flicker, alerting the others. Upstairs, the fleshy monster chases after Nancy, who locks herself in a separate room. The monster is able to bypass the room very quickly and is about to finish her off before Eleven bursts open the door with the others and uses her powers to throw the monster out of the building. It proceeds to retract or retreat, not retract, retreat through a drain. The next day, Mayor, Mayor Klein's fun fair begins to take shape. Klein meets with Grigori, who gives him one day to find Hopper. At Murray's warehouse, Alexi is refusing to talk without his specific demands, which drives Hopper up a wall. Over time, Alexi realizes that his best bet is to, to side with the Americans rather than his comrades. Dustin fills Erica in on the events of the last two years as they journey through air ducts, which leads to an argument over whether or not Erica is a nerd. A Russian officer, Ozerov, Ozerov, Ozerov is convinced that Steve and Robin are working Stephen and Steve and Robin, my goodness, I cannot talk, are working for a higher power. Steve tries to tell him otherwise, but he doesn't believe him and proceeds to have tortured, have him tortured until he talks. Yeah, this is really like what gets me freaked out. I don't know if you remember my. Like you better not. But he sticks the syringe in the, him. in the neck. Yeah. Oh. And that was like the scariest thing watching the trailer because it was like doing flashes of clips like at a like a high speed in uh, like in a suspenseful kind of speedway mm-hmm. when they were first you know showing the trailers for season three and all of a scene all of a sudden you see just a scene of a Steve yeah and his... and he's like screaming and you're like no I even said when I saw that trailer I was like you lay a hand hand. You harm a single hair. Exactly. Um, you pet. Right? Oh, gosh. He doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. No! I recognize it. And that's why I'm still, like, I still have hopes for the Anthony Steve. Me too. But you never know. Anyways, Nancy, Jonathan, and the party have regrouped at Hopper's cabin, where Elle is searching for members of the Flayed through the Void. Mike and Max argue over Elle's rights before she tells them that she found Billy. Back at Murray's warehouse, Alexi, through Murray's translation, begins to communicate to Hopper and Joyce that him and his comrades have been what they have been doing. Joyce tries to call her kids while Hopper reassures Alexi that he will get him to his key, though Alexi claims that access to the key is impossible. Dustin and Erica commander commandeer a cart at a tas- and a taser as Robin screams for help. She and Steve attempt to free themselves of their binds, which fails. They share a tender moment before Ozerov comes back with Dr. Sarkov. Is this when they're in the bathroom? No, this is before. This was. This was. Right after. No, this was before. Because mm. then they, they escape. Oh. And then dust. I'll get to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, I don't think we're going to get to that. Yeah, so they. So. He, he infects a needle into, he sticks a needle into Steve's neck. And I think that kind of makes him, like, loopy. Yeah. Like, it kind of, like, is, like, laughing. Mm-hmm. Like a laughing. They're just high. Yeah, that's what it is. They're, they're just high. 
Uh, Billy is simply sitting in his room. The party believes he is setting a trap, so Eleven comes up with a new idea, and when she tries to reach him, she succeeds in accessing his memories, where she witnesses his child self sharing a moment with his mother. Hopper sends a distress call to Dr. Owens before him, Joyce, Alexi, and Murray head back to Hawkins. Ozerove interrogates a now lucid Steve who tells him about Dustin and claims that he's long gone right before an alarm goes off, which distracts Ozerov while Dustin and Erica enter and take down Dr. Zarkov with a taser. Um, and they escape through, remember, they're under the, the mall. So they managed mm-hmm. to make their way back into the mall, where into the movie theater. Yeah, they're chilling in the movie theater. Yeah, so Erica and Dustin are like now all of a sudden like the, the parents, the babysitters. Yes, the babysitters because both him and uh, Robin are in infe- like high. Yeah, they get to the bathroom, they're like taking turns throwing up in the toilet. Y- yeah, yeah. Okay, so Eleven continues to see more of the abuse that Billy has suffered at the hands of his father. She sees more and more before she finally reaches Brimborn Steel Works. And she seemingly exits to the, the void, only to find that she is alone. And Billy enters the cabin, claiming that he knows where she is and that everything him and the rest of the Flayed have been doing has been for her. He claims that he is going to end her and her friends and then everyone. Eleven leaves the void in shock and despair. The Flayed gather at the steel works where they all melt into goo to become one massive spider-like monster. So it's not necessarily the it's not necessarily the the, the mind flare. It's like this new creature that's it's evolved. Like, it's kind of like um I forgot what they call it, but he's definitely like a puppet. Mhm. Um I feel like they're just trying to introduce like a new like super mutant character. Yeah. That would have taken place and, and manipulate Billy and the whole entire army that they were trying to build. Yeah. Because the Demogorgon has already been um, exonerated. Yeah, Eleven got rid of him okay, with her powers. Okay. Yeah. I feel like. I love that scene with uh, Steve and Robin. Mm-hmm. They're both just like high in the bathroom, throwing up or whatever. And then she. He's, he thinks that he loves her or whatever, and then she says, like, no. Yeah, he's totally, like, reading into it, like, totally wrong. She's trying to, like, the, but the how she's telling the story is a bit misleading. You know, if you're not, you know, if you're in his shoes, it's misleading. Mm-hmm. Because she's talking about this girl in class. Tammy. Tammy. And how he was never good for her. He didn't, he didn't want to be with her. You know, he never, he just... Like, she wanted Tammy while Tammy wanted him. Mm-hmm. And it was just funny while she's, like, taught, like, before she, like, opens up, she's just like, hey, yo, do you in there? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, so, Robin, Steve, Erica, and Dustin, they escape the Russians just in time, but Steve and Robin have been drugged. And now those are starting to go into effect. They escaped through back into the mall to a theater where they hide while the uh, Russians are trying to find them. And meanwhile, Eleven, is, after she was able to tap into Billy's memories, unfortunately, that led the Mind Flayer to find out where her location is and send the gigantic flesh monster to kill her. So they try to 
hold up the fort, you know, at the cabin, but unfortunately it gets demolished and they barely manage to escape. Uh, one of the tentacles from the fleshy monster manages to latch onto Eleven's, um, I was going to say egg, <laughs> Eleven's leg, um, and, but she's uh, able to get free. They manage to escape to an abandoned or closed store where they, you know, look for supplies to help cover the wound. And uh, just as they are doing that, they hear through the walkie a familiar voice, which it's Dustin. Mm -hmm. So he's finally in range to get through. Um, so Steve and Robin are drugged. They're in a movie theater hiding out. They're supposed to be quiet, but they're like in a giggly phase right now. And it's like Erica and Dustin have switched roles with them and are now trying to be like the adults and their babysitters. Um, however... They manage to escape and uh, go to a, find a bathroom where they start vomiting mm. up the, the drugs that they've been given. And then they kind of have the sentimental moment and you find out that Robin is lesbian. I don't want to sound offensive, but she didn't really say if she was bi or anything or trans. Or she, I don't know. But she's she she kind of retold the scenario, the story of how she watched Steve kind of, you know, hook up with this girl. No, they didn't hook up at all. Well, he... Tammy. So she had a crush on a woman named Tammy, or a girl named Tammy in her class. Yes. But Tammy wanted Steve, and Steve didn't give her any attention. She didn't even notice no, her. No, he didn't. No. And then, and that's how you kind of found out, because it looked like that Robin was going in the direction like she was jealous of Tammy's affection for Steve. And that's how Steve was taking it. Because then he's like, you know, you're well, pretty. He, he um, kind of, like, confessed his love for Robin. And she's like, I need to tell you. Like, first off, pump the brakes. Yeah. She's like, whoa, you're misreading this. Yeah. And so that's their little sentimental moment. And then they all kind of, re like, re um, reconnect or reunite at the back at the mall. Um, oh, with everybody? With everybody. So it's Robin, Dustin, Erica, and Dustin, and then Hopper and Joyce. But before that, they were at the carnival, yes. where the mayor was putting on his carnival. And unfortunately, that is where Erica, or Erica, <laughs> Alexi, meets his death. Because you were really... That was so sad. It I was. Feel, he was like... You know, he was like, I'm gonna eat a hot dog. He's like playing all these games or whatever. He's like really like, I don't know. It was a very like sentimental mo moment, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because he was like enjoying America. He's like, I love this place. Like, I'm yeah. And and then boom. And then boom, he's dead. Um, it's kind of like you get those feels, like like I was mentioning in the first in the second season review and discussion, how you know the first season it was Barb. You get like this sentimental kind of like you feel bad for her and you're like team barb and then she dies yeah you start being like a little empathetic and yeah then... and then bob in season two where he's like the hero and he's managing to help everybody escape and he you know figures out will's drawings of like the underground tunnels and then this uh, this season alexi he's so adorable i feel like it's a i feel like it's a but what were they doing at the um, carnival? Why were they there in the first place? 
Is that where they were trying to talk to the mayor? Yeah, there was a confrontation. Okay. And then they decide, yeah. no luck. Forget you. Yeah. And then, and then Bowman, he has this moment with Alexi because he realizes he, he's dead. Yeah. Or he's injured. He was so sad. He was. really connected with him. All right. Enough of that. So they all decide, you know, Hopper, Joyce, and Murray, they go to Starcourt Mall just in time for Hopper to watch his um, daughter, Elle, gather all her strength and use her powers to pull a p that piece of the flesh monster out of her own body. So they kind of all regrouped, and then the flesh monster came back to the mall. Mm -hmm. And so... Eleven, you know, she manages to defeat the monster in the meantime. Afterwards, Eleven tells Hop that she just needs to recharge before fighting again, but it becomes clear that Eleven's powers are somehow gone. Um, she can't even crush a can of Coke. So, with her mind. Um, but unfortunately, there's no time to unravel that mystery, and almost as soon as the reunion starts, the group is split up again. Uh, there's a tearful goodbye with their kids. The adults head into the Russian base to blow up the machine and close the gate, which would then cut off the Mind Flayer from his monster, who's still searching for Eleven. Um, Dustin and Erica are old crows that sneaking around the ventilation ducts of that place. Their crew um, here too for known as the Scoop Troop. <laughs> That's funny. Um, they make their way to Cerebro, which will give them enough of a signal so that they can communicate with the adults once they go underground. And everybody else will go to Murray's fortress to hide from the monster. At least that's the plan. Uh, once Nancy hops in the car to drive them to safety, they realize someone stole the ignition cable. That someone being Billy. Um, so he's sitting in his car at the other end of the mall parking lot. Back inside the mall, of course, this means that they're sitting ducks. The monster wastes no time in showing up, crashing through the star court ceiling and terrorizing Eleven and their friends. Uh, the plan, the adult's plan isn't going exactly as they hoped. After Hopper guns down some officers, they take their uniforms. And Murray, a.k.a. the Bald Eagle, <laughs> I guess that's his nickname, gets his job done with an assistant from Dustin and Erica. But when Hop and Joyce reach the vault with the keys, Murray doesn't have... Plank's constant, correct. Plank's constant, correct, and they can't open it. So in order to get in to use the keys, the code is Plank's constant. So Dustin, listening in, figure, realizes that his girlfriend Susie, and still proclaims that she is real, and, you know, claims that she will know it. So they go back up to the hill, him, Erica... Yeah, it's just him and Erica. And they go up to the hill. He finally manages to get through to Susie. She calls him Dusty Bun. <laughs> and before she gives him the number, she makes him sing the theme song to the never-ending story on the radio so everyone can hear. That is, like, so cringy to hear. It is, but it's, like... It's young love. It is. But it's adorable, too. Like, everybody, you just see Hopper shaking his head. He's like, are you kidding me right now? Like, we're gonna die. <sighs> Fucking Susie. So, the number that she gives them ends up working. Just as Hop and Joyce are about to turn the keys, this uh, Russian officer who just 
will not die, returns for one last showdown. Him and Hopper begin to fight on the platform next to the machine. And just as Hopper is killed, Grigori, by throwing him against the machine, things start to go haywire and Hopper is trapped on the platform. Uh, meanwhile, the kill, the kids, the kills, the kids really need to, the gate closed like now because Billy cap is, uh, captures Elle and calls the monster to finally put an end to her. Nancy and the rest of the gang pelt the monster with Lucas's fireworks and Elle, with no powers, has to rely on her humanity to stop Billy. She reminds him of the memory she saw of his mother, of who he really is, and fortunately for her, it worked. Billy manages to protect Elle from the monster and winds up sacrificing himself. So actually, there's two people that died that we... It just sucks because you see Billy become, like, the villain, mm -hmm. and then he becomes the hero. You, and he, throughout this season, you see he has, like, a soft spot. Yeah. Like, he manages, he's, you know, he does, there is a soft side to him, but he's so corrupt by how his dad treated him that that's the only way he knows how to be. He sacrifices himself, but back down below, Joyce has a belt on one key and her hand on the other. Knowing that he won't survive the machine's explosion, Hopper gives her a tearful, knowing nod, and Joyce turns the keys, blowing up the machine, which turns some of the Russians nearby into dust, and also manages to close the gate, which stops the Mind Flayer and his monster. Dr. Owen finally arrives with the U.S. military to do damage control. <laughs> Late arrival, much. Joyce reunites with her kids, and Eleven stands there in the mall parking lot looking for Hopper, but he's gone. Three months go by, the buyers are leaving Hawkins, and Eleven is moving with them. There are lots of tearful goodbyes. Jonathan and Nancy know this won't break them after all they've been through. Eleven tells Mike she loves him too, and Will vows never to join another D&D party. Everyone hugs goodbye, and it's very sad. However, while packing up Hopper's things, Joyce finds the speech she helped him write for his heart-to-heart -heart with Eleven, but it turns out he wrote his own speech to her, which Eleven finally reads. And then it goes to, what is it? So while she's reading that and having her, you know, sentimental moment, then it goes to the other room where Lucas and Max are helping Dustin pack, like they're all packing as well in the other room, but then they start singing. Oh, yeah, the they're, never like mocking, ending. they're mocking the song. Yeah, they're mocking the song, and Dustin's just kind of looking over at them, like, annoyed, but it's hilarious. It's one of the best scenes. All right, so... They finally say their tearful goodbyes, and... Joyce, Jonathan, Will, and Eleven drive away, while the rest of the gang stay back. I know. And then Steve and Robin, they both get, like, they're, like, best friends. They are. They're just, yeah, they're they're the best of the friends. They, um, they're trying to get jobs. Some are jobs. No. They're just trying to get jobs. They're just, they're getting jobs at the video store, and they're like, oh, do you like Star Wars? And he's like, yeah, I like all of them. <laughs> yeah. He's totally blowing this, yeah. this chance to even get a job. Robin knows the guy who they're talking to, um, because he also is like in charge of the arcade as well um so in the post credit scene 
We head to a prison in snowy Russia where a guard refers to one prisoner we've never seen as the American. And all we can con like can hope for is that it is indeed Hopper. And then pulls out another prisoner, only to toss him in a cage with the Demogorgon. So clearly there was well... a white Demogorgon too. Was it a white Demogorgon? Yes. Oh wow. So it's like... Like an albino? I mean, that is what white is. I don't know what you're saying. I'm trying to be technical, okay? So, there's that. But if you guys, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the season 4 trailer, you have to watch it. But you need to make sure you've watched seasons 1, 2, and 3. Because oh, it's only right. I am going to say it, because you know why? It's my podcast. Season 4, trailer. You find out, lo and behold, Hopper is alive. You know why they did that? Why? Because, um, what's, uh, the guy that plays Will, Noah Snap, mm -hmm. um, he is such a whistleblower on his own damn season. Or on his oh, own is damn he, show. did he spoil it? He spoiled it. He's such, he's, he's like the Mark Ruffalo for the Avengers. Pretty much. He's <laughs> the Tom Holland of the, of the Avengers. Tom Holland. Where you just start, like, giving away stuff that you're not really supposed to. That's Mark. That's Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo. They both did yeah. it. They both. Yeah, so he's caught himself. Like, he's been asked a lot, like, is Hopper alive? Is Hopper the American? Yeah. I didn't know that he, he was the one that revealed it. Yeah. Oh, I have to look for that interview. Mm -hmm. Did he, like, realize that he wasn't supposed to say it during the interview? He, he has no poker face. So... Oh. When he was trying to like back backpedal and like retract his statements, it was you already did it. You oh, know what Will you did. slash yeah. Noah. Yeah, so I think that's why they revealed that so early well, on. Well, I'm in glad the I don't really follow that interview. I didn't know about that interview because I when I saw the initial trailer, I was completely I was like, yes. I mean, I don't really follow it either. I just saw it on like one of those like snap stories or something. Yeah. Well, you guys, that is the movie, no, TV, Netflix series review and discussion for Stranger Things, season three. Now, we can only cross our fingers and hope that, you know, with everything going on, they're able to get back into filming, because I believe they already started filming season four, obviously, because then they couldn't give us the teaser trailer for season four, and hopefully get season four out before... I died. It was it was projected to be released 2020 because it said what what was it one of the slogans for the trailer was we're not in Hawkins anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's giving like insinuation that. Yeah, so I mean I'm sure it'll probably get postponed like many others until like early next year, but hopefully. It's gonna be hard to see how this plays out since Eleven is not gonna have any powers. She, yeah. she never got her powers back. She never gets her powers back at the even at the end. She's still kind of like trying and still nothing. I feel What do you think? I think obviously there's gonna be some sort of like indication because obviously like Hawkins or Hopper is enslaved. Mm -hmm. He's wor he's working on uh, what do they call it? Like he's working on the trains, like a railroad, the, tra the, the train tracks. Yeah. Which obviously they're probably building that same kind of machine, but like opening up a different date in Russia. Mm -hmm. And since Eleven has, I feel like the person who's gonna kind of like 
find Joyce and let him know, like, Hopper is alive. You guys need to come out here. Stop it. Mm. I feel like it's going to be the pull-out guy. I Murray? Like, yeah. He's going to be in touch with everything. But honestly, I also think that since that whole... I feel like there's going to be more seasons that lie ahead. But with season four, I feel like it's going to be more about Eleven get learning her powers or getting it back in a way. And I'm kind of hoping there's a reunion between her and her sister. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm kind of suspecting maybe that she lost... Yeah, she did lost, lose her powers. But in her attempt to get them back, I feel like there's going to be a moment in season four where she may get new powers. Or they're better enhanced. Yeah. Something like that. It'll be like... I mean, it won't be as as like mind-blowing but it'll be probably hopefully maybe something similar to like when you realize that Captain America could hold the hammer <laughs> I'm always gonna refer back to the Avengers sorry guys I'm just I'm obsessed with that so I'm kind of hoping that also Nancy and Steve get back together since I I mean I'm kind of mm. Jonathan's gone she's gonna get lonely and Steve, like, I feel like she's going to use him again. Use Steve? Yeah. I feel like because she knows that he still loves her. And, of course, there's no chance with Robin because she's all about Tammy. But even then, he even said, like, throughout that, throughout season three, like, the only person he ever loved was, was Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. But Nancy never loved him. She said that in she her said, drunk, she, drunken state. No, she said, it's all bullshit. Bullshit. Uh. So, you know what? You don't yeah. talk to Steve like that. You... <laughs> yeah. But I'm also hoping for, like, a resurrection of Billy. I feel like that's not going to happen. The chances of that is not going to happen. But I know. I'd like to see it. Because, yeah. like, he was the, he was the, I guess, the army captain of their... Did they even show, like, did they even say, like, kind of, like, oh, what, like, the secret, like, the... No, because his body doesn't didn't disappear, so they just, like, he died in the destruction or whatever. Because you know how, like, they kind of did, like, a little thing for Bob, and they did a thing for Barb. Like, she finally got her funeral in season two. I was trying to figure out who the heck was Barb, but I forgot she's the... She's Nancy's friend. Yeah. Yeah. So. Freckles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they may have to. I don't know. I feel like Billy was just such, like, a prominent. Like, I don't know. Everybody, like, fell in love with, like, how he. His transformation of being, like, this straight up a hole. Mm -hmm. But then, like, all of a sudden, like, well, he does have a heart after all. Yeah. They're really good at doing that. But I also think that they need to give a little, like, Steve a little bit more, uh, credit. But I feel like he, he might play a part. And he got beat up again. Yeah. Wait, in season four? Three. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Like, after he had his battle with that security guard and he actually won, and then he got beat up and then tied and then... It's just like, he's gone through a lot. He gets dumped by a girl. And he, like, changed his whole... He used to be well, that you know what he needs, Vanessa? One, and then he ends up getting friend-zoned. He needs a woman. Not a girl. Nancy's a girl. You're right. <laughs> well, that is our 
review and discussion of Stranger Things Season 3. So the next episode is going to be um, I uh, Love, Simon. And if you haven't seen that movie, please watch it. If you have and you have any kind of um, input or comments that you want me to uh, talk about or mention during the, um, the podcast, let me know. Again, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and send me an email. Instagram is happy hour with Victabulous. Twitter is HHR Victabulous. And my uh, email is happyhourvictabulous at hotmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my sister Vanessa for being my guest on here for season three. It was so much fun, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And until next time, bye bye. <laughs>